What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Thursday, July 14th, 2023. On today's show, I'm joined by Alex Chi from Armchair Illini. He's the one that runs the account. He's got a big following. I was so happy to sit down and talk to him. Didn't get video from Alex, but that was cool. I told every guest that I had on that they didn't have to be on video, and Alex opted not to. Totally cool by me. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying this week. We are on day four of 14. Well, really, 15. I'm going to do 15 episodes in a row, kind of. Um, But like I said, on today's show, we're going to jump into the Fighting Illini. What's taking place this offseason? What can we expect this fall? And all things Fighting Illini with Alex from Armchair Illinois. Hope you guys enjoy this interview. All right, joining us now is Alex Chi from the Twitter account Armchair Illini. Really excited to have him on to preview the Fighting Illini's 2023 football season this year. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. Man, I really appreciate you coming on. I had so much fun, um, you know, not only following your account, but just following Illinois football last year. It was like a really fun season. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do this year. Um, before we get started into the this season and what's going to happen this season, how did you get started following Illinois, covering Illinois, and what's your connection with the school? Yeah, definitely. So um wasn't really too big a fan growing up. Um, you know, to be honest with you, when I was in high school, I actually wanted to go to Northwestern really bad. Um, I was from the suburbs of of Chicago, so going to Northwestern seemed like a, a really good deal, but, um, you know, didn't get in there, but I think it worked out for the best, ended up going to Illinois. And then from that point on, I just, you know, fell in love with the sports teams after being there. And then, um, it wasn't until like my senior year where I really, really started to go to, to both basketball and football games consistently. Um, because I, um, you know, I was on the pre-med track, um, currently like a resident doctor. So, um, it was tough to kind of balance the two, but I think just, um, starting this on the side, like my senior year before medical school started, and then just, you know, having something outside of what I usually do, um, was, was really, really cool to have. And it's, it's grown really big to, to places that I didn't even expect. So that's kind of my connection. I graduated 2017. So, Unfortunately, I graduated at the time before, you know, both basketball and football kind of, you know, took shape and started being a little bit more nationally relevant, but um, still following them pretty hard. But I'm glad that, you know, both programs are are definitely in a way better place than when I was there, because it was certainly tough when I was a student there. That makes it more legitimate, though, like you were there when they weren't, you know, nationally recognized or doing as well as they're doing now. So that, that shows that you're like a true fan, though. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got Lovey Smith like my senior year, like the year before I graduated. And then there was all this hype. Obviously, that didn't turn out very well, but it was it was kind of frustrating, too, because Underwood came right after I graduated and basketball was certainly like my my go to. I went all four years to all those games and it was it was certainly disappointing to see them, you know, be the way that they were. But um, I'm just glad it's better late than ever while still still young and able to kind of go back down and visit some games. You guys have an awesome following um, on the Twitter account. I say you guys because you, you list in the bio that you have a couple of writers. Were you the one that actually started the account, though? 
Um, so it used to be, you know, truth be told, it was a very small, um, you know, group of armchairs, so to speak. Um, it was a part of a smaller media group. And I kind of just latched on because I didn't have any prior experience. I was obviously like a pre-med major, not really a journalism major. So I was just looking for something to, you know, get, get onto whatever it was. And I think at the time it had like 40 followers or something. It was super <laughs> small. And then, um, you know, Illinois fans are, are very passionate, especially on Twitter, as I'm sure you're, you're aware. So yes. luckily I, I kind of struck gold and, and it's kind of grown so much. Um, and, and now we have a, a website. We're part of full ride network with, with Ant Wright, the, the notable Michigan man. So, um, I'm, I'm really just, it's hard to believe because I, it, like I said, it started as like a 40 followers that I was just randomly tweeting, you know, goofy stuff, but now it's, it's grown quite a bit. Um, and the two writers that I have are, are wonderful too. So I'm looking to expand too, by the way, if anyone wants to, wants to hop on. Awesome. Um, I think that's how it all, like it starts for all of us. Like, cause I was the same way, like I was teaching last year and then I was like, I don't really want to teach. So I started doing some like side hustles from home, but I've always kind of been into podcasts. And this is actually like my third podcast I've really done, but this is the only one that I've ever done that I like actually care about. So it's nice to have something, you know, my wife always calls it a hobby, but it's nice to have something that I actually care about that I can get on and like meet cool people like you and talk about sports all the time. Cause I'm already watching literally every game. Exactly. So it's nice to be able to like, you know, sit back and talk about it too. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Like I tell, you know, friends and family, like I'm already going to do this stuff anyways. Right. I might as well just make something out of it, whatever it is. And it's just for fun. It's always good to meet, you know, different people. And, you know, your podcast looks great. You know, before I came on, I was looking at the, the YouTube account and it looks, it looks beautiful. So Thank you're you. doing a great job and, um, you know, really excited to be on. Appreciate it. All right, let's talk some football then. Um, I always like to talk about coaches right at the beginning, uh, kind of get that part out of the way. Uh, second year for uh, Coach Bielema, he's just over 500. He's one win over 500 in his two years. And um, last year, in my opinion, uh, kind of came off the radar and shocked some people, overachieved a little bit, I guess I would say. Um, I don't know from your perspective as a Illinois fan if you thought it was overachieving, but um, second in the Big Ten West. Did I just lose you? Hello, you there? Oh, you're still there. Okay, sorry. Yep. My screen just went away, so I thought I lost you. My bad. Um, and then, uh, obviously, throughout the season, the second week loss to Indiana, and then the three-game losing streak to Michigan State, Purdue, and the one that everyone wants to have back is the uh, Michigan game. How do you feel the fan base feels about what Coach has been doing in his first two years at Illinois? Yeah, I think you certainly, you know, used the right word there in which they overachieved. Um, you know, second year, uh, people were kind of expecting like a, you know, if they made a bowl game, it would be a success, whatever it was, whether they went six and six um, or even seven and five, people would have been like, wow, that's that's pretty good. But, you know, I think they definitely overachieved, especially in the second year. Um it's, it's kind of a bittersweet season, though, because they did start seven and one. And then through those eight games, that loss to Indiana was a, lot, a game that they had in hand. You know, they, yeah. they certainly had chances to win that at the end. Indiana wasn't very good throughout the year, um, but they were seven and one at the time. And then they had the Big Ten West kind of in the palm of their hands. They were in the driver's seat. Um, they're playing Michigan State at home and, you know, they just didn't 
didn't have their best day. And then they followed that up with a loss against Purdue, who is also, you know, in the running for that Big Ten West, um, you know, Big Ten West title. And then the Michigan game where everyone kind of wishes they had back. But I think overall, everyone's just very, very excited and very, very happy with the competence that Brett Bielema has brought, especially, you know, the past six years or whatever with Lovey Smith and then those years with Tim Beckman. Um, just seeing the competence both on and off the field, you know, on the field, they're always in games. There's never a game where they're, you know, just blown out. All their losses were, and especially this year, there were losses that they had chances to kind of, you know, take a hold of it, but unfortunately weren't able to, um, you know, like I said, they're having a seven and one record through eight games in their second year is just unheard of for a program like Illinois. And then off the field, you know, Bielmo is just such an outstanding CEO. Um, as you can see, you know, Ryan Walters heads off to Purdue, but he's just absolutely, you know, surprising fans with the competence and kind of the swagger and the way that he sells the program. So I think overall fans are very, very happy. I think there was questions at first because of the way, you know, he went out at Arkansas and kind of, you know, who he was at Wisconsin, where he inherited a really good program. But um, I think fans are very, very happy and they're hopeful that he stays for quite some time because, you know, this level of confidence both on and off the field hasn't been seen in, in you know, over a decade, at least for sure. So yeah, I, n I never really thought I would find myself cheering for Illinois, but after literally the first, I can't remember who you guys opened with last year, but after the first game, um, I fell in love with Chase and I was like, this guy is legit. I love watching him play. Um, and then I kind of started you know, really following just to watch him play. And then the way that the defense was just shutting people down last year, it was such a roller coaster, though, because I, I did kind of bandwagon Illinois last year. Um, if anyone ever goes back and listens to those podcasts, I wasn't on them at all at the beginning of the year or the, before the year started. And then I was like a huge fan midseason. I thought that they were going to, like you said, just take care of the Big Ten West and they would be the ones that, you know, went to the championship. But, um, Man, it was such a roller coaster because every week with those three losses, the ones that you were just talking about, it was like, all right, they're for sure going to beat Michigan State. And then they kind of, you know, lose that one. And it's like Purdue's a toss up. And then the Michigan game was just like it felt like, especially on Twitter, you like you said, Illinois fans are so uh, loud on Twitter. Maybe they should have won the game. It felt like if you if you only followed Illinois people, they definitely got cheated in that game. So, man, it was just such a roller coaster. It was a fun ride. Um, but I. Like I said, never thought I would find myself cheering for them. And I, you guys got a fan from me at least last year. Yeah, definitely. I think um, they just play solid ball. You know, they don't do anything fancy. They're not throwing bombs down the field, scoring, you know, 50 to 60 points. Like kind of you see like these rebuild teams like Kansas do. Um, they just play solid football, running the football well. They don't they, – they move the chains in the passing game. They're not doing anything super flashy. And then defense, they're just solid. Um, you know, I think that was kind of their calling card. And I think that's a good formula to win, especially in the Big Ten West. You don't really have like that dominant force like you do in the East with, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Um, so I just think playing that solid brand, especially for a program like Illinois, who's also not going to really, you know, get those five star athletes just playing solid ball mm -hmm. um, is, is, is such a winning formula. You see Iowa do it. You see even Minnesota do it some some years, Northwestern as well. And then looking at some other programs, like even in the Big 12, you know, just seeing just solid football can get you such a long way. 
Um, and I think Bielma has, has really, really done a good job of implementing that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they have that's really solid, I wanted to ask you about this because I took some heat on Twitter about this. I ranked Illinois' jerseys number one in the Big Ten, and uh, I everyone hated that. Everyone oh, hated where their team. First of all, everyone hated where their team was ranked, and then um, even some Illinois fans were telling me that they didn't agree that they were number one. So I couldn't, I couldn't win with anyone. What are your thoughts about how I ranked the? I'd like to know from you know from you, yeah, about how I ranked them first. What do you think about that? Yeah, I saw you got some flack for that. You know, people were really coming after you. Um, you know, I think the biggest one was that you put Minnesota second. Um, you don't like Minnesota's jerseys? I, I don't like them. You know, I think it's more so a hatred for PJ Fleck. Okay. Um, that kind of comes into it. But I saw, I think those two, the Illinois first and the Minnesota second, were what got you the most heat. Um, and then kind of pushing, putting Michigan towards the bottom half of the list. I think you had them like seven or eight. I had them at um, 10. Or 10, yeah. I think having them towards the bottom. And Michigan fans are just as, if not more, loud on, oh on Twitter God, than, yeah. than Illinois, especially if you disrespect them. You know, they come after your neck. So uh, to be honest, it's it's a very unpopular opinion, um, I think, the way you had it. But like you said, it's subjective. I saw that one comment. <laughs> yeah, like, it's all subjective, man. Don't worry about it. But I think Illinois fans are... They want new jerseys. They want a little bit more script involved. Oh, okay. Um, That'd be sweet. Exactly. I think if you see some of their recent recruiting, um, you know, photo shoots, they're using a lot of the script. Um, and it kind of looks like Syracuse's jerseys, which is what gets people a little bit upset. Um, I think the helmets are slowly starting to come into shape, but there's still room for improvement. Um, I agree with you towards the bottom half of the list, though. I'll be honest. I don't yeah. like Wisconsin's jerseys. I think Indiana's are lame. Um, you know, I like Michigan's because, you know, they're kind of sleek with the whole Jordan fit. Um, but I, I do like Illinois. I think they're they're solid and they get the job done. And they're nothing like I think they're there's nothing wrong with those jerseys. Like Wisconsin, you could be like they're just kind of boring. But I think Illinois has the colors. They're not like overly complicated where um, where I think Minnesota's are a little bit too, you know, out there. Um, but I, I, I somewhat agree with you. I'd probably do something similar, um, especially towards the bottom of the list. Yeah. Um, and because I'm not really too, it seems like you're not too big a fan of the red and white. No, <laughs> I saw I'm not. The, the only ones I like that are red and white. I think Indiana does it pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with their helmets. I did like talk. I could talk about jerseys all day and I don't want to do that because I have other stuff to ask you, but I do like Illinois old helmets when it said Illinois all the way across through yeah. the eye. I thought that looked really sweet, but the the thing that I I actually did a whole podcast about it because I was like I'm gonna actually explain myself. The reason why I put like Ohio State and Michigan so low is because they never change, and I just can't stand that. And I like teams that like switch it up or just have new color schemes or anything like a new logo. That's why I like Minnesota so much. They change theirs all the time, and Illinois just looks the best to me. And then you know some of the other ones I just like. I know they're not in the Big Ten, but like Alabama or Penn State, that's a better example. They don't even have the names on the back of their jerseys. And I said, even on my show, I was like, they look like my middle school jerseys. There's nothing that distinguishes just blue and white pants. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of that you, you got to switch it up. Yeah. Um, Michigan's like has not changed ever since they went Jordan. And then um, I think Purdue's are a little bit too 
Like they could be a lot more sleeker in my yeah. opinion. So I would put Northwestern towards the bottom because I think purple sucks, but <laughs> uh, that's just, that's a, that's a different story. I talked about that on the show too. I'm colorblind, so I can't really tell the difference between blue and purple. Okay. That, which is yeah. another reason why I shouldn't even be making a list to begin with, probably. <laughs> yeah, you probably needed a disclaimer there. <laughs> I, I should have put that in the tweet. Yeah. Um, back to just Illinois, though. Um, I personally, as a casual, didn't hear a ton of what was going I know there's a ton of transfer portal stuff for every team. Um, I started the summer, and I was trying to keep track of all of it, and then I got a little overwhelmed, and I just decided it wasn't worth the energy to list out and try to remember every portal uh, move that was made for each team, especially when there's 14 teams. Um, if you could just let us know, though, who was the biggest loss that you guys had from the portal, and then who did you guys gain from the portal that's going to help you guys out next year? Yeah, so to be honest, Illinois did a great job of retaining their stars um, in this kind of era. Um, you, you you see all these different players, whether they're buried on the roster or not, go for you know, that NIL bag, so to speak. Right. And I think they did a really, really good job of retaining their stars because, you know, reportedly there were offers through back channels and all that, um, you know, towards some of the players on the team, you know, that could have gone elsewhere for their final year of eligibility and made quite the killing. But I think Illinois did a good job of one, stepping them up, stepping it up in their NIL game, but then also making the pitch to return to the team. Um, they're returning a lot of their stars um, with Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, you know, Isaiah Adams and Julian Pearl all had opportunities to not only enter the NIL, the NFL draft, excuse me, but also get NIL packages elsewhere. Um, so I think overall there wasn't a huge loss. The biggest loss I would say is probably one of their wide receivers. Their second wide receiver, Brian Hightower, had mm -hmm. over 40 catches this year, um, you know, would have been one of the older guys in a pretty thin wide receiver room, um, one that doesn't really have that much returning production outside of Isaiah Williams. They lost him to Cal, um, but that seemed more like a situation where he wanted to be closer to home. The guys from California, I think going back home for a year made a lot of sense for him. And then having a guy like Isaiah Williams there too, you know, it just made a lot of sense for Hightower to look elsewhere. But it does hurt Illinois in that they lose – a pretty experienced and proven producer, um, but it's not something that they can't replace um, at the same time. I think in terms of adding, um, you know, they had a guy that was going to be their starting center. They got an ECU transfer, Avery Jones, um, who was committed to Illinois and then was actually set to move in. But again, kind of like how we were talking about that NIL kicked in from Auburn. Um, it's pretty well publicized and he ended up decommitting. So that could be counted as a loss, I think, for them because they did put a lot of eggs in that basket for Avery Jones, who's now committed to Auburn. Um, I think in terms of the ads that they made, there hasn't been like, a okay, this guy's for sure going to start. I think they added a lot of depth in the transfer portal hmm. that can just, you know, really act as competition for their, their younger guys who are supposed to slot in. Um, but then looking at the quarterback spot, I think that's probably where you see the biggest ad. Um, they try to get Tommy DeVito, who was a Syracuse transfer, one more year of eligibility. Unfortunately, that failed. DeVito's now on the Giants um, after being undrafted in th this past draft. But they got Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss. Um, you know, I think it's a great ad. Uh, maybe may not be as solid as DeVito, but he has a higher, 
higher ceiling for sure. And he has multiple years of eligibility. So just having that quarterback that can be there for a couple years is something Illinois has not had in quite some time. So I think it's really interesting to see how Luke Altmaier will progress because he's no doubt the starting quarterback for this year. Awesome. I, that was going to be my next question is what we were going to expect out of him. Um, they, I, I didn't look him up uh, before we started. What were his numbers like at Ole Miss? Were they pretty good or was he even the starter there? Yeah, so he was not the starter. Um, I forgot the guy's name. I think Dart um, was was the starter there. He didn't get the starting job, but he did play occasionally, um, you know, whenever there was an injury or even in like a spring game. Um, he showed that, you know, he has a good arm and he's mobile. Um, you know, I think that's something that the new offensive coordinator really likes, but there isn't much out there. Obviously, he, if he was committed to Ole Miss, he was a solid prep recruit, but there really isn't much out there. And then Illinois has done a really good job. They did the same thing last year, just kind of shielding off the media towards, you know, how summer workouts are going. So mm -hmm. honestly, until game one, we won't really know what we have with Luke Altmaier. Awesome. Oh, well, I'm excited to see what that is then. Um, also in that backfield, uh, obviously, like I already mentioned, Chase Brown, one of my favorite. In fact, I'm going to just say he was my favorite player to watch last year. Um, he's also gone this year. What happens with uh, the running back position? Is it a situation where Reggie Love is taking over now, or is it going to be more of a committee? Because it felt like last year Chase carried the load, and it seems like that might be what the coaching staff wants to do is just go with one back. Or do you think it's going to change a little bit this year? I definitely think it will change. I definitely think they'll rely on more of their running back room. Um, obviously, Reggie Love is in, in line for a majority of those carries. Um, they think Love is ready. You know, he's a multi-year guy, um, ready to step in. He played really, really well towards the end of the season. Um, you know, he should be ready for those carries. And they also wanted to be more of a committee last year uh, with Josh McCray, who was a true sophomore at the time last year. Um, he had an outstanding freshman year, um, you know, just showed a lot of, a lot of potential as a power back and one of those running backs that Brett Bielma has really had success with. But unfortunately, he was injured throughout, you know, 80% of last season. So we never got to see that. So if he's healthy too, I think it will be by committee with those two kind of leading the room. Um, but they have a lot of talented young running backs that could fill in as well. Um, you know, they got Aiden Lawfrey, who's going to be a redshirt freshman. Um, he was a four-star recruit that they got over Iowa. Um, they got Caden Fagan, who was their, you know, highest recruit in this past class, four-star guy committed to us over Notre Dame. He's going to be a true freshman, but they expect big things out of. Um, and then Jordan Anderson, in-state guy as well. Um, he's also more of a power back, very similar to McCray, but again, true a redshirt freshman. You know, how much can you really rely on those guys? But I do think those guys are going to get some burn, um, especially if, Love and McCray are the two heads because both have had an injury history at some point in time as well. So there's definitely bound to be more opportunity for all the guys in the room. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think that I feel like I remember the end of the last year, too. You just mentioned um, Reggie Love. He had some great carries last year. So I I would love to see him, you know, really carry the load. But um, it's also nice to learn new guys names and figure out if they're going to be playing as well this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Love should be the main guy he's a different back you know he's not that power speedy guy he's more of an all-around back doesn't really do one thing particularly well but has good vision um and should be ready i'm excited to see what he does yeah me too um if we switch sides of the ball uh 
during this offseason. You lose a lot on defense from my perspective. First three rounds of the NFL draft have um, three defensive backs from the Illinois backfield or the defensive backfield, I should say. Um, and then obviously you lose Chase Brown as well. I talked about that already. But um, on the defensive side, how do you replace what you just lost to the NFL? You also lose your coordinator, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, Ryan Walters is now at Purdue. So you have a new guy. I don't know who it is. If you, if you want to uh, tell us who that is to begin with. And then where do we go from here with the defensive backfield and then the, the defense in general this year? Yeah, you know, just to start with the three guys that you're replacing, um, you know, it's hard to replace three surefire NFL guys, guys that are picked within, you know, the first three rounds. Uh, and then Witherspoon was obviously the fifth overall pick. It's hard to replace, but, you know, they've made a lot of moves to try to replace that. I think, um, you know, they went the Juco route, went the transfer portal route just to add depth. Um, they might not be as top heavy as they were last year, but I think they're going to have a good amount of depth that they feel comfortable playing. Um, you know, obviously injuries are going to happen, but I think um, just hoping that the development that you've had with these young guys really starts to come into play. There's a lot of talented young players um, who obviously didn't play given that those three guys were there, but they should be in line for a lot more snaps. Um, but like I said, they're trying to build depth just to make competition and just have plenty of different options. Um, you know, in terms of the defense and the defensive coordinator, um, it's it's hard to say what's going to be changed, but I think it's going to try to continue the same way. Aaron Henry's been here. Um, he's no, He knows Bielema. He's played for Bielema. Um, and reportedly, he was the right-hand man of Ryan Walters while he was here, you know, calling the defense. So, we're hopeful that it doesn't take too much of a step back. Obviously, you lose a ton of talent, um, and Aaron Henry's a different kind of personality, at least in my opinion, than Ryan Walters. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how that group kind of takes shape. Um, but it not much should change, I don't think, in terms of a um, a scheme or a kind of a mindset. Um, but it it will be interesting to see how they replace three NFL guys and and see how you know young guys that they've recruited, not just because. To be honest, those three guys were, were players that Lovey Smith brought in. Now we get to see prep recruits that Brett Bielemel brought in. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to see how the development has has turned out for those guys. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's going to be a lot. I feel like with all the changes that are happening on defense, the couple new guys that we have on offense now, new quarterback, there's a lot that is changing. The culture is staying the same. How does the team in general, without looking at the schedule, how does this team make it to Indianapolis at the end of the year and uh, into a Big Ten championship after winning the West? It sounds obvious, but I think for one, they have to avoid a major injury to one of their key players. You know, I don't think they can afford, um, you know, a quarterback to get hurt or uh, one of their backs to get hurt. Um those guys all have to stay healthy. If they get an injury on the line, you know, offensive line, I'm not too confident in how they can do. Um, so they they ha kind of have to have a bill of luck um, to, to sort of get to where they want to go. Um, obviously, injuries are a part of the game, but I don't think that Illinois can sustain, you know, an injury to one of their stars. And I think the second one has to be the quarterback. Um, I think that's what really made it made it work last year. Um, you know, despite the defense being great, I think just having a solid, you know, quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over and doesn't hurt you 
you know, went such a long way for Illinois. And I think that's what Luke Altmaier needs to do. Um, he doesn't have to make the big play. He just needs to make the right play, keep the ball in their hands, you know, trust the run game, you know, trust some of the perimeter weapons that they have. And I think they should be good because in the Big Ten West, you know, you're always going to have a chance to be at the top as they showed last year. It's not the best conference. And I think it's always winnable no matter what. So I think one, just avoiding that big injury. And then two, just getting that solid, solid quarterback play, you know, that they had last year. With the uh, format of the schedule changing next year, obviously this year is staying the same. Um, a team like Illinois or a fan base like Illinois, were you guys excited to hear that the top two teams will start going to the Big Ten Championship? Or were you kind of disappointed because you could more or less rely on winning the West and get to that championship um, for the last few years? Yeah, I think that's kind of the unfortunate part that once we're kind of showing that we can compete in the West, that it's it's turned to this. But I think it's better overall because you look at the past few years, it's kind of been, okay, well, whoever gets out of the East, it's going to be the favorite to win that Big Ten championship. And then it's never really been that close when you watch, you know, Michigan versus Northwestern or um, Ohio State versus Minnesota. You know, it's never been that intriguing. I think people want to see one of those big name brands, whether it's Ohio, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, um, you know, Michigan, Penn State, what have you. So I think for Illinois, it kind of sucks because you kind of lose your opportunity. I don't think you're going to be, you know, in the top echelon of, of teams with Michigan and Ohio State. But I think for the conference as a whole, it just makes it better. And it's better long term, you know, for fans to stay interested in the season. Yeah. And, and you never know. You might have a like the way that the schedule shakes out too. you might have a easy schedule one year and it might be extremely difficult the next year. But that one year that you have an easier schedule might have did a little bit better in recruiting and then you can win some games and upset some people and you're right there in it still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. Before I let you go, I said I was going to try to keep this under 30 minutes and we're almost there. Um, I wanted to go through the schedule really quickly and get your prediction on what you thought the uh, season would finish like. Before I do that, I wanted to tell you what I thought, just to be totally transparent. I have you guys finishing 6-6 six and six this year, 3-6 and six in the conference, and 5th in the Big Ten West. And um, have you losing to Purdue, Penn State, um, I should say Penn State, then Purdue. Um, I have you upset getting upset by Nebraska and Maryland winning because that game is on the road. And then last uh, loss I have for you guys is Iowa also on the road. Um, let's go through the first four games real quick. Toledo, Kansas, Penn State, and FAU. How do you think the season starts for you guys? Yeah, I think that Kansas game is really, really interesting. Um, you know, Lance Leipold, the coach of Kansas, done a wonderful job, but he was a finalist for the job at Illinois. And he was kind of expected to to be the front runner for that job. So I think two very similar programs in terms of their you know athletic history, you know more so basketball schools. But um, that will be a very very interesting game. I think if you can go two and zero um, to start off the season, then that game at Penn State becomes a big 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 time atmosphere. It's going to be at home. It's the first conference game. You know Penn State's going to have quite a schedule ahead of them after that. I think there's a chance for an upset, but um, I think realistically three and one is probably the the start there. I think they're going to have their bumps, especially in the beginning. And I think 
you know, Illinois has showed in the last two seasons that they kind of need that bump early in the season to kind of kick them in the right direction. Um, and as with all 18 to 22 year olds, you kind of need to, to fail or have like those big, you know, in your face moments to really shape up that Indiana loss last year was the perfect example. So I do think three and one would be the, the ideal, you know, record, but I do think two and two is also a serious possibility losing at Kansas and then also kind of falling at Penn state. But I, I'm going to say three and one. I have you guys going three and one as well for the second half of the season. Um, to me, all four of the games are kind of a coin flip. Um, so it's at Purdue and then at home versus Nebraska at Maryland and then back home against Wisconsin. How do you think those four games go? That Purdue game is one that's circled on everyone's list. Um, obviously with the Ryan Walters situation, oh, yeah. I don't think there's any bad blood between the two staffs, but two staffs that are very, very competitive with each other, you know, going against the same recruits. They're both in the same conference. I think that game is going to be a, a really, really big one. Um, I think, like you said, they're all kind of coin flips. There's a chance to take all four. Um, but again, I'm going to say three and one. I think they can take Nebraska. I think they can take Wisconsin. They've shown that they can handle, you know, a very similar team like Wisconsin the past couple of years. And then Maryland with their air attack. Um, you know, I'm excited to kind of see the contrast and styles. But I do think Illinois has a chance to really lock that one down if they just play solid ball. But um, it's one of those games on the road that can be very tricky as well. So I'm going to say three and one in that. Who would you say the loss is then? I'm going to go with Purdue. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then uh, after you go into the bye week right there, and then after the bye week, you're uh, at Minnesota. You are at home against Indiana. You're at Iowa. A lot of back and forth. You're home away, home away. And then uh, finish up at home against Northwestern. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'm not high on Minnesota or Northwestern this year. Um, you know, those teams have kind of, um, been a thorn in our sides like the past decade, but I do think they're kind of on the downslope. I do think that Minnesota and Northwestern are games that we should win again with IU as well, not being that great. Iowa, it'll be interesting to see. They've kind of reloaded themselves. Um, is that game home or away? I think That's it's away. away. Okay. So again, Iowa on the roads, always tough to do again. I'm going to go three and one. All right. So you got. Uh, Illinois going nine and three this year, a little bit different than me. I said six and six, um, mm -hmm. but we did agree on the first four and the last four games. Um, just a side note, I'm also super down on Minnesota. I picked them to finish last in the West this year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too high on the the flexter. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that was it. All right. Thank you so much once again, Alex, for coming on. Uh, tell people where they can find you and uh, watch, not watch you, but see more Illinois football and basketball stuff online. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Um, just follow us at Armchair Illini. Um, and then we have armchairillini.com. That's where a lot of our stuff is going on in terms of you know, the articles that we have. And, um, you know, we're definitely looking to add more in terms of podcasting, video content. We're, we're all working there. So um, give us a follow and, you know, excited to interact with everyone. Awesome. Once again, that was Alex from Armchair Illini. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, man. All right, everybody. That was once again, Alex Chi from Armchair Illini. Go give them a follow. You will get all the news, all the updates, all of the football, what have yous. When it comes to Illinois football, you want to be following Armchair 
Illini. Go check them out. As always, subscribe, like, do all the things that you do for my show. Um, we will be back tomorrow. Let me make sure I know who's coming on tomorrow. It is Penn State time. You guys know how I feel about Penn State. I got high hopes this year. I'm joined by Sean Kane. He's from Hardcore PSU Football. We're going to jump into all that tomorrow. We'll see you guys in the future. If not, maybe a little sooner. I don't know. We'll see you.